Walking busy, get busy, baby. The confetti is coming down. The game is over. It's time for all new downright sports. This is a special. Well, it's recorded on a special day. Uh, the men's basketball championship is in the books. Uh, it looks like Tiger could be returning. And I get into a fight with Twitter. Yeah. Buckle up. Gear up. You know what time it is. It's showtime.
showtime, folks. You are listening to Downright Sports with notorious sports critic Brent Reed. Are you ready? It's late. I'm up. The game is over. Welcome, everyone, to an all-new Downright Sports. I am your host, the notorious sports critic, Brent Reed. Uh, we are here on Monday. Uh, it was initially going to be straight up a recap show, and then I realized it just makes more sense. Let's just do a whole show. So, buckle up. Uh, welcome to all-new Downright Sports. This is the first time you ever watching this show just know it's a show for all sports fans as it is constructed (laughs) by a sports fan uh the most underground sports show out there if you will i coined that i did i'm proud uh check the show out everywhere we'll get back to that in a second so the tonight is April 4th. It's the first Monday. Uh, I don't know how the college championship, I think it's always like the first Monday of April, but in any case, it appears to be, um, well, it doesn't appear to be. I think I was I was looking for words there. All right? Give me a break. So anytime the national championship game is, there are no NBA games. It's kind of like, I don't know if they do that on purpose, but it's pretty much, you know, hey, let's not, uh, you know, give those guys their night. But tonight, two teams, two college royalty, two blue bloods, if you will. In one corner, that team out of North Carolina, that team with those colors. The, as Dusty Rhodes would say, those Carolina colors, if you will, the Tar Heels. The North Carolina Tar Heels, UNC, Chapel Hill, for all of you out there, took on the Kansas Jayhawks. Basketball royalty. For in one corner, a coach, a first-timer, could win his first ever championship, his first year, Hubert Davis, could make it happen. It's only been done five other times. And then in the other corner... The head coach of Kansas, uh, could he win his second? Bill Self, could he win his second when he won his first in 2008? Been the head coach there since 2003, and it came down literally to the wire. What was the story? So, no spoilers. If you missed the game, sucks to be you. So, this is what happened. Uh, Kansas took on UNC, and Kansas won. Uh, beating UNC 72-69. to The game, if we were going to tell the story of the game, and uh, meant to tell it. So, uh, for those of you watching back on Facebook, thank you so much. But let me just let you in on a little story. So, I, your good friend, Neighborhood Spider-Man Brent Reed, I don't just sit in this chair and talk. Oh, no, there's notes for days as I... Watch the game. I'm not flicking through. Last show I did, I was flicking through papers. I got a paper cut, and it hurt. <laughs> it hurt. All right. Uh, joining the show is my man, Eric Montgomery. Tell me how UNC is trash. Well, they're trash because they're UNC, and I'm a Duke fan, so clearly, 
you know, that's how. It's like Boston is trash. The like, you know, the Red Sox. Abysmal. You know, to my prestigious and untouched Yankees. They're just, you know, holy. Now, UNC, without a question, since Eric made me go on this tangent, UNC is a t- you have to respect the program. Not to do my best Trump impression. You put your hands together and your shoulders go up and you you gotta do that. You gotta respect the program. Good program. They're good guys on both sides, good guys on UNC, good guys on Duke. Good guys everywhere. They're very good. Very good players. I myself was a very good player. I really wasn't. But if you, the history of UNC, and I think what makes you, if you're a Duke fan, what makes you, like, root so hard against UNC, which we're going to talk about me rooting against this in a completely different way. But the thing is, because they're good, it'd be different if UNC was like Wake. If, like, Duke's rival was Wake, Wake, excuse me, Wake Forest. Like, it'd be boring. But when you when you got a team like UNC with the the history of Hall of Famers from coaches to players, like you you you, it's a what's the word? It's a professional dislike or some crap like that. You know what I mean? I just got a text from my man Q who said at least UNC lost. You're right, Q. Except I lost two hundred dollars tonight. We'll talk about that in a second. Anyway. So the storyline of this game was such. It looked like off opening tip-off, like UNC was emotionally drained for the Duke game. If you go back, and uh, to those of you that live under a bubble, UNC and Duke faced each other for the first time ever in, Mar- in the tournament and in the Final Four, no less. But in any case, it started out Kansas off the rip. We're going to take care of business. We're going to feed our bigs. We gonna run like if you go back like UNC was like ah let's do this and Kansas was like nah we gonna run this and then on defense Kansas's defense was so strong and now Ramsey has joined the show. What do you say, y'all? Out your minds? We've been not playing all these years, showing up. Best program, period. Oh Ramsey, I'm glad to see you join the show, Ramsey. I miss those days of us just. You talking your crap. You know what's sad? The years when we were in college, UNC won a championship and Duke didn't. So, I have no leg to stand on. I really don't. And it makes my heart hurt. And it's sad. Anyway, back to the show. So, if you look, initially, Kansas looked like they were just going to go to work. Kansas, with their big men down in the post, looked like they were going to take care of things. But what Kansas, I think, wasn't expecting was that... UNC's bigs are just as good, and they just had to settle down and get things going. All right, so we're gonna so just jumping to the end when UNC loses backup, it was that was it. The moment UNC was getting ready to take said lead, backup was driving to the basket, and even Allie, who we're gonna talk about, my fiance, winning tying for the bracket almost, she picked the champion. She ain't watched the game all year. She picked the champion. But um, she got the gift by just sleeping next to me. She gets the gift. But um, when backup drives to the basket, you could tell that was a drive of purpose. He was taking that ball. He was looking for that lead because the, the defense had played him soft on that possession. And that possession is where, 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 where? Get to the notes, get to the notes, get to the notes, get to the notes. 
Backup strong. Did I not write down when he got hurt? How the heck did I not write down when he got hurt? It's the craziest thing. And, oh, here it is. Nope. Yeah. Anyway, it was like eight. It was like seconds on the clock. <laughs> anyway, Babcock gets hurt, goes down. He didn't play a great game tonight either. He went three for 13, 15 points. Uh, didn't, I mean, it was okay. He didn't have the. He, he got most of his points was in foul shots. Here's the crazy boy. 15 boards. He is a strong young man. And he took care of business. But any case, let's get back to the game. I'm getting sidetracked. All right. Shout out to Ramsey and Eric for writing in on the show. Appreciate it. Distracting me. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I wag my finger at the screen like they care. Um, n- neither have listened to me ever in my life. <laughs> so, uh, if you look, go back and watch the first half of the game. You know, just pay attention to the first half of the game and watch how you see Kansas, like, just at they will. Because at one point in the game, when we get to my first set of notes, yeah. So, at one point in the game, the score, did I never, I probably didn't start taking the score down, but I could pull that up. Anyway. At one point, Kansas looked like they were just going to run away. USC couldn't score. They had like three points, and they couldn't score. Kansas out the rip hit a three, a two, and they got two foul shots. Like, out the rip, they were just up. And then you could slowly see USC just basically like, all right, you know what we need to do? We need to take this over. We need to make sure that they're not just running. Let's put this pressure on you know, let's just take the bigs out the game because initially Kansas was kind of trying to feed the post. They thought they were just going to work. UNC starts causing turnovers. Now, turnovers is the true storyline of today's of tonight's game. It was the difference maker, and it tells the story of two halves. Okay, tells the story of two halves. So in the vet, in the first half, Kansas was the team that had the most turnovers in the first half of the game. Um, at one point, Kansas basically was, ju- um, I think it was five to two Kansas in turnovers and they were, they weren't turn like they weren't silly turnovers. Like where they were just throwing the ball away. UNC was causing these turnovers. The other thing that put UNC ahead was UNC was able to just start getting offensive boards, giving them second chances at one point. They had so many second, every second chance they got, they scored on at one particular point. Uh, It was the eight eight minute mark, eight minute and 28 second mark. UNC's up 20 to 18. Uh, UNC has now created a new pace for themselves. They're getting second chance opportunities. 15 points off of second chance opportunities. Which is in, which is amazing if you think about it, and if you if you're watching that first half, especially how it closed out, not a soul in the world, unless you root for Kansas solely, thought to themselves, "Oh no, Kansas is going to come back." In fact, never in the history of the college basketball championship had a team come back from a 16 point deficit, in which that's how this first half ended. The first half ends pretty much UNC in control, taking care of business. Basically, just you know, they you had to, if you were a player on the team, you went into that locker room feeling confident, feeling good, feeling uh, you asserted your will, <laughs> if you will. And then the second half that's why it's a game of two halves. Second half comes along, and the game takes a crazy it doesn't take a crazy turn, 
But it's starting to take a slow turn. A very slow turn. And I'm just looking for one thing. Is this what I was looking for? I think this is what I was looking for. Okay. So. Just show me the second half. Is that whole thing in the first half? It is. So at the end of the first half, the final score was 40 to 25. That was the end of the first half. And you're saying to yourself at this moment. And the crazy thing is. If we look at the whole dynamic of the game we look at the box scores and all that stuff and a lot of the stuff I'm doing in real time because the game ended and I jumped right into it next year I'll do a scorebook no <laughs> um you could the, the the main the, the main players in the UNC team wasn't the usual suspects so Babcock was kind of in it Manic was he hit two big threes to close out the first half. I mean, two big threes. Manic was playing more of a defensive style of game. Now, he's a good... I can't see him... I can't see him in the pros doing anything special. But college-wise, that's what we're talking about. College. He is the ideal college basketball player. That Bill Walton-like look, if you will. I mean, he has that motor that just doesn't quit. He did lead the way, 13 points, 13 rebounds, 4 blocks. Huge game. But now the team had their key guy, if you will, uh, lead the way. Because for Kansas, uh, Christian was the lead scorer with 12 points in that game. Here we go. 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 So, uh, Baycott and Maddox both... Uh, Baycott, uh, no, no, no. Baycott and Davis tied leading the way with 15 points a uh, game. Love 13 points, but here's where they lo- here's where they couldn't where UNC couldn't just seal the deal. Davis 0 for five from the three. Love one for eight from three, and a guy that now Babcock did what he did three for six. That's what, he hits those shots. But if you look at where he could have, where he could have contributed more, he only went to the foul line. He was two for two from the foul. He barely made any trips to the foul line. And for a guy that plays so much in the post, where were the calls? Like there just weren't any calls. We go to the Kansas side of things. Where Kansas basically, I was looking for, um, um, was it McCammon to have a huge? Yeah, he had 15 points, 10 rebounds, but. He kind of faded away as Rackhop was able to play defense on him and control what he did. Now, late in the game, he give me the ball. Let's go. But Charles Barkley said it best at halftime. Hey, 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 hey. If you can't, if your post players ain't doing anything, because UNC's post ain't, they, you're not pushing them out the way. The guards need to take over. And exactly just like that, the guards were able to take over. The guards were able to make it to make it a game for themselves. Uh, a guard, uh, Remy Martin, 14 points off the bench. He's been solid the whole tournament for them. Big spark plug off the bench. He hit a big three at the towards the end of the game. A huge three to basically. Uh, here it is. 2:30 left in the game. Uh, he took the score up to 68-65. Hits a huge three at, with like a second left on the shot clock. And that, to me, you can see in the second half, you can see when Kansas started going on their little run. And I'll pull that up right now as we get ready to wrap up this this first segment. And you can clearly see. So the score is 40-25, to right? Now, pay attention if you will. It's 
UNC stays at 40 until the 17-41 mark. Uh, then Kansas just all of a sudden goes on a tear. And then you could see for a while they were stuck. And then by the, let's just jump down, by the 14-50 mark, it's 45-38. By the 11-50-47, UNC's way. And then it went to a one-point game after Jalen Watson hit uh, Wilson hits a foul shot. Oh no, Kansas was up by then. Sorry, I skipped some. So Kansas ties it at ten thirty. Abaje hits his free throws, tie ball game. Then at the ten twenty three, Remy Martin hits the three pointer, and it puts him up by three. And then kind of sort of yeah, USC got back in it, but that three was the three where Kansas was like, we got this. At the end of the game, what struck me so much was the fact that UNC all of a sudden kind of got frantic. Now, yeah, they lost back, they lost back out, and they lost, they lost their best player offensively, even though I think Davis. But it looked to me as if they went straight into let's just jack it. They were down by three and with a lot of time left and could have basically got a layup and then started fouling. And they just did not do that. Kansas proved early in this tournament, you put them on the foul line in a crucial situation, they may not hit those. They almost lost early because they couldn't hit their foul shots. And when UNC kind of, I don't want to say panicked, but basically just didn't know what to do and then get a sec. They had a, a second opportunity at, a, at to, to do win it. The game is pretty much over. Allie walks in and she's like, oh my God, like, what is happening here? Is the game over? I'm like, the game's over. It was four, like four seconds left or something like that. And I went out to go get the coffee so I can stay up to do the show. And I come back in. I'm like, UNC's got the ball? Like, I was expecting confetti and kids on the court and hugging and kissing babies and mama, I love you. And we all going to Disney World. To where UNC's getting another chance because Kansas turned the ball over. Again, the story of the game. Turnovers, 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 turnovers. Uh, and you you could see that the play that they that was drawn up was to go to Manic. And he slips. He slips in the paint off of the screen. He slips. Like, if you could tell what the play was going to be, basically we're going to inbound it. To love, love, and they, I think they were going to swing it for me to hit it, or he was going to come off and pop to the top, and he slipped, and you could, and he could not gather himself to which love was a, just had to throw up like this crazy shot, and they still had another chance, and it just wasn't in the cards for them tonight. And yeah, let's wrap this up. It just wasn't in the cards. Kansas went from being the team that was getting stolen to leading it. They had six steals total. Uh, UNC level five blocks. The tail of the tape. Let's just do the tail of the tape here. So, uh, if we go by <clears throat> field goals, UNC 23 out of 73, Kansas 26 out of 66. Uh, UNC 31, 31.5% from the field, Kansas 43.5%. You're going to win every time. Neither team shot, uh, neither, the threes wasn't that far apart. Five for 23 for UNC, six for 17 for Kansas. Uh, 
uh, foul shots. Uh, UNC shot 81%. That's my, UNC needed to get to the foul line more. I just think they weren't getting the calls. Rebounding. UNC won the rebound battle, especially on offense. 24 off, uh, offensive rebounds to Kansas' is 8. 31 defensive rebounds in Kansas is 27. But here's where can't you're saying to yourself, most teams that win the rebound battle win the game. Why did Kansas end up winning it? UNC finished with 13 total turnovers to Kansas is nine. Kansas was able to control the ball in the second half, something they could not do in the first half. Fouls? Kansas fouled more. Kansas 16 fouls, UNC's 13. Like you got it. Here's the and this is it. The biggest lead for UNC was 16, and they blew that. There's no need for these guys on this team, on this UNC team, as much as it's going to ill me to say this, but there's no need for them to feel down on themselves. There's no need for them to feel disappointed. You you should hurt because you lost, but you weren't supposed to be here. Why? I know this. When the Before the tournament started, UNC's odds were so like out of it, I was able to bet a dollar with the potential of winning 200 And I should have cashed out before the game started because I would have walked away with $62. But instead, I was like, let it ride. And it didn't happen. So, yeah, I'm a little butthurt because I've, out of all the teams I thought could win it, I mean, well, all the teams that you could bet money on, none of them were going to win. I thought UNC had a chance. Yeah. Think about how conflicted I was on Saturday. So, go go figure. All right, let's wrap this one up real quick so I can, let's talk bracket. Where's the bracket? It's going to get funky, 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 funky. To the left. <laughs> to the back now, y'all. Cha-cha, real smooth now. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so this is not the bracket. This is UFC. I didn't, I didn't want to see that. Alright, so the people who participated in the first ever Devil Ray Sports, 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 Celebrity, 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 Bracket, 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 were uh, my fiance Allie, her co worker Corey, uh, my man P. Stu, the one, the only Noah B., uh, my mother, who somehow didn't get in the group, and my man Tim Woodson, and I think there was one more. Nah, that was it. <laughs> Myself, obviously. So, where did everybody finish? Where did everybody go? Let's look at the who walked away. The lead, the champ in the clubhouse. So, the winner was uh, Corey. He won the whole thing. But right behind him was my fiance who watched zero games this year. And she pit her bracket. She finished 98.4%. Like, what just happened? Are you serious? I finished in fourth. I'm not happy at all. Anyway, this is Downright Sports, and uh, we are here tonight. Uh, we're doing a quick show, um, the Showcase of the Immortals. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little Tiger Woods. We're going to talk a little uh, Lakers, and I will give the first ever Lakers funeral here today. We pronounce the Lakers have passed away today, April 4th, 2022. And no, they have not been eliminated yet, but you can pretty much stamp it. All right, and then we'll wrap things up, and I'll tell you the story how I basically had, if I last checked, 150 people on Twitter pissed off at me, and I loved every minute of it. 
For those of you watching on Facebook, we'll be right back. This is Downright Sports. signs it was folks from butler who scabbed and stole those jobs and i mean right out from under your ancestors butler's a bad bad place chip chip that's not true shut up it feels true yeah what's happening new york city it's your boy ghost in the motherfucking house tonight you know what i mean we're about to get a So the Masters is back this weekend. The Masters kicks off the official uh, uh, start of the P- 
PGA tournament, if you will. I mean, they really start off like in November, but the Masters is when it really gets going and when you can really just uh, sit back and be like, oh, here we go. So, uh, the news to come out the Masters, and if you know me, I rarely ever cover uh, golf because it's just a lot to take in, and I don't know all the players of pimps, but... In any case, I'm trying to find this thing for later in the show. Sorry. A little bit distracted. But um, the big news that came out yesterday, and I could have almost did a show just on that, was Tiger basically was like, oh, I may play. <laughs> and it blew everybody's mind with the potential of Tiger Woods making a huge return. And, um, basically, I don't know how many people this is, and basically setting the sports world, not just the golf world, the sports world on fire. So, Tiger Woods, without a question, is the most box office attraction in golf and could be argued as one of the most box office in all the sports. You put Tiger Woods in the categories of Michael Jordan, LeBron James, uh, Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Gordon, uh, Pete Sampras, uh, Roger Goodell. I don't know if those guys, Serena Williams, uh, um, uh, Simone Biles, you know, the, it, it's very few. Muhammad Ali, Babe Ruth, <laughs> there's very few. It, they're not a lot. There are very few athletes in the world of sports that transcend both sports and pop culture. Mike Tyson being one of them. Mike Tyson may be the ultimate. Especially in the... Yeah, Mike Tyson may be the ultimate. Like, say, pick who you want, but Tyson is, the, is one of the few where everybody wants to talk to Mike. And in the case of... Tiger Woods, I mean, you can't write the Tiger Woods. Like, Tiger Woods wrote his own movie. Like, all you gotta do is cast somebody to play him. Michael B. Jordan will probably play him or something. But, the guy's a golf prodigy at a very young age. I don't think I need this anymore. He's a, he's a prodigy at a very young age. And, I forget, I can't remember the show he went on, and he putts. It wasn't He's too young, I think, to been on um, Sullivan, Ed Sullivan. Maybe it was Ed Sullivan. But I think he's too young to have been on Ed Sullivan. Anyway, um, for those of you who don't know who Ed Sullivan is, he was basically the Tonight Show, but in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, the Beatles first played on Ed Sullivan actually in America. Believe it or not. Anyway, Tiger didn't. You know, from the moment he steps on the grass. He's a, you know, must-see. Tiger culturally is... More black guys came to golf because of Tiger Woods. But realistically, everybody came to play golf because of Tiger. Not just black guys, white guys, everybody. Because Tiger... And the crazy thing is, Tiger wasn't like hip-hop golf. He, But he was different. Like, when you watch golf pre-Tiger, it, everybody looked old. Everybody looked like the dad you don't want to pick you up from school. Uh, they all wore ugly clothes. 
and you you just was like, oh, you know, it's golf. And it just appeared boring. And then Tiger comes along, and when he hits the ball, it's like a shotgun going off. And he's fist pumping, and he's in shape. And he wears a red shirt on Sunday to basically let you know your day is over. And then he won by such large margins where nobody could touch him. And he was doing things. So Tiger's got 15 great masters. He's got 15 majors, which is second most of all time behind Jack Nicholson. And Tiger's last major was the, he won the masters in 2019. It's the last time he won before he got into his fatal car accident. Before winning that, Tiger had not won a masters since 2008 when he won the U.S. Open on one lake. Then he had his, you know, his you know, his stuff at home. And then, you know, everybody kind of... And he would win little tournaments, but he couldn't win a Masters. And it just felt like the Tiger Woods run was over. And if you look at his run, from 1997 to 2008, he dominated the world of golf. He won the, He's won the Masters... Five times he's won the U.S. He's won the PGA four times. He's won the U.S. Open three times. He's won the Open, which is the British Open, three times. Those he he to kind of let me paint this picture for you. He won the Masters in two thousand seven. I mean nineteen ninety seven. He won the PGA in nineteen ninety eight. He won the U.S. Open in two thousand. He won the British Open in two thousand. He won the Masters in 2001, and he won the PGA in 2000. That's what's called the Tiger Slam, where basically he just won. So it started, if the order's correct, in 2000 he won the PGA, then the U.S. Open, then the British Open, then he wins the Masters. Like, what? Like, he just could not lose, and then wait for it. He rammed up again to... Um, in, in 2002, he wins the Masters. Then he wins the U.S. Open. And then, um, and then 2005, he wins the, the, the Open, the British Open. And he wins the Masters again. Like, he just, you know, he was just winning. And it just looked like he never would lose. So, if he plays this weekend, I can bet my bottom dollar you're looking at Television's exploding because the last time he played and he went into Matt, the last time he played the Masters and he went into Sunday, the the ratings went up by like 10 points, which is huge compared to the previous year where he didn't make it to Sunday. You can, if you're a golf guy, you can talk about this one and that one. Nobody's Tiger Woods. Phil Mickelson is a close second, only if he's winning, but nobody is Tiger Woods. Tiger came up in an era where TV still mattered, and it wasn't a hundred different streaming services. It's so stupid how many different... Why does CNN have a streaming service? Like, what's... Who is paying for that? Crazy thing is Fox News doesn't have one. Do they? Does Fox News have a streaming service? They... I figured that anybody, they would have a streaming service. You know, they pay it right. I'll go on there myself. Anyway. So the Lakers season... Boys and girls, looks like it could be nearing a terrible end. I said before this year started that if the Lakers are going to win, 
If the Lakers are going to win a championship, they will. It, this season is going to come down to LeBron. Good or bad, it's going to come down to LeBron. And then I said, LeBron's going to play his mind out. He's going to play out of his mind. So, right now the Lakers are sitting 31 and 42. The Spurs are 33 and 45. Uh, the late, uh, how many games are left? Not many. <laughs> uh, Laker. The season wraps up, I think, Saturday because the playing tournament Sunday. So let's take a look. The Lakers' remaining schedule. What is the Lakers' schedule? What is this? Lakers play the Suns. I think that's it. I think that's their schedule. They play the Suns. Suns have nothing to play for. <laughs> nah, that can't be the Lakers' last schedule. That's their next game, which is the fifth. So, if we... Here we go. Uh, Lakers finish the season against the Suns, Golden State, OKC, and Denver. Denver's in, Golden State's in. Uh, OKC's going to want to, you know, make a point. Last game is Sunday, by the way. And, you know, I don't know what the Spurs got, but, I, I you know... LeBron seems like he's hurt, which at his age, I'm surprised everything doesn't hurt. But you know what? Forget it. We're going into it. Let's do this funeral. So I'd like to bring everybody here today to pay our respects to a once prominent franchise, a franchise in which we all once respected and loved in that franchise. I'm speaking of are the Los Angeles Lakers. It's it's with a heavy heart today that I and the rest of the world say goodbye to the the 16-time champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. Today is a sad day as here in the in the audience we have Greats like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Phil Jackson. Hi, Phil. Um, we also have over here, we have guys like Kwame Brown, who is a Laker. Um, <laughs> Andrew Morrison, who was also a Laker. Paul Gasol's back there. Hello, Paul. And our Paul Bears today will be Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, uh, I forgot. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson, Jay, um, Julius Randle, and the keynote speaker today is going to be Lamelo Lavar Ball. Lavar Ball would be because he told everybody the Lakers wouldn't win a championship without his son, even though they did. But they can surely use him right now. We say goodbye to this Lakers team that was put together in the offseason with some of the, as they, when they were looking for free agents, they went down to Florida into a assisted living hospice, if you will, and found guys that weren't on life support. They were just, they were dead. And, <laughs> uh, such players like Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, who I swore was in the big three, the White Howard and unfortunately Russell Westbrook who 
basically forgot how to play basketball this year. It's very sad. It really is. I think back to when the season started. And you know what? I think back to when LeBron told the world when he joined Miami. Not one, but not two, not three, not four. And it seems that maybe his hubris here on the Lakers might have did them in as well. Today we are saddened with the loss of the Los Angeles Lakers not making the playoffs. Because we all know the world's a better place when the NBA is chasing LeBron and he's not chasing the NBA. And this is not LeBron's fault. In fact, out of this murder, LeBron was spared. He's a little hurt. He's a little hurt. But the culprit for this heinous event in the ultimate letdown has to be Anthony Davis, who, for without him, the team still would be bad. Because with him, the team was still bad. Now, I know he was hurt. But did it matter? Did it? We lay the rest of this Lakers team and we say together, amen. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And like that, we will be moving on to segment number three of Downward Sports. We'll be right back with more. Size Picasso's and have poppy flip coke outside the Gatos. The end up with cash flowing like Sosa and the Latin chick transporting in a chocha. Stampeding over pop modes, never sober. Flexing Range Rovers, dealing weight by Minnesota. Avoiding arcs with camcorders and Chevy Novas. Stash in a building with this chick named Alona from Daytona. When I was young, I want the boner, but now. 
only hit chicks who win beauty pageants Tricking and taking me skin at the Aspens, uh Gangsta mentale, stay poppin' twist out Pack a black pistol and a act coupe that's dark brown Pinky ringin', gondolas with the man singin' Italian music down the river with your chick clingin' To my bizzles, play you mad fools Actin' hard when you as pussy as RuPaul's National champion, they beat UNC. Uh, Kansas is a one seed, and they won. They were expected, but UNC was an eight seed, and they almost—excuse me, damn—they almost made. Um, they almost made uh, magic happen. They blew a sixteen-point lead at halftime and lost the game. Believe it or not, another team that won this weekend. The women's championship was Sunday. I always thought they should play it on both days. I always felt they should do it like play them in the same city. I, granted, it gives them it gives the women their own uh, spotlight, but I think it'd be cool if they played on the one roof. Uh, the women played, you know, second. Men, you know, they rotate every year. Men one year first, women one year second. They just rotate it. It'd be kind of cool, you know. Let them play, you know, have the same spotlight. But anyway, um, South Carolina won its second championship in school history. 64 to 49, they played uh, UConn, in which we've, you know, uh, up until that point, Gino Arama was undefeated. <laughs> he was 11 and 0 in uh, national championships, and he lost. For, and he lost bad. I saw. I didn't watch the game. I saw like clips of it, and I saw some of it, and it looked like South Carolina from start to finish was just like, ah, we're gonna do what we want here, and they had a very strong game and. Congratulations to them and Coach uh, Staley, who's basically changing the 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 game, if you will, for so many different reasons. And um, I think the question is like, is you if, is UConn run over? And especially in college sports, it kind of goes in cycles like right now in football Bama's the team but you know if you go back to the night the 80s 90s it was Miami and others before that it was you know uh, Notre Dame so it's a cycle thing when 
UConn took over. It was like Tennessee was the the they weren't winning every year, but they were the 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 the, the face of women's basketball and Pat Summer. And now, and then Gino, but now Don is, Staley's becoming the face of women's college basketball. And I think that's good. You know, it's, it's different. She's bringing a different perspective to it. Uh, she's got a different swag. It's not the old guard anymore, which isn't a bad thing, the old guard. But it is something different. It's going to bring eyeballs to the screen. And something I've been preaching for ever and ever and you can see it now in the WNBA and I said this and I maybe this is why I have so many what views on this WNBA episode I did like four years ago on YouTube but I basically always said for the WNBA and women's sports to flourish there needs to be a bigger marketing campaign around it. We need to see these players. Right now you're starting to see players in commercials. You're starting to see players in Coca-Cola commercials. Uh, Kansas Park is everywhere. Like you're seeing their faces and it's going to make people go, well, who is she? And then they'll start watching the product and then it will flourish. And then when that happens, more money comes in and more money is good. And we don't have to have the, you know, w great, great WNBA players having to go play outside of where they live. Like how weird is that? You know, they got to, you can't play right here in America and get paid. Come on. Anyway, so, speaking of a guy that goes on tirades, uh, last week, and I want to say it was either Friday, it was either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Either way, I'm still getting tweets about it, which is kind of sickening at this point, but it's not. Uh, the Nets played the Pistons, and the Nets beat the Pistons, which happens. And in the press conference, the, the reporter asked Kevin Durant, like, hey, man, like, you play the team like Detroit. How's this win feel? And Kevin Durant was like, a team like Detroit. Uh, Detroit's a good team. And I said, what? Did he just come out of his face and say Detroit? So when you leave the Nets, go play for Detroit since they're so good. You know, like, so I went on Twitter because that's a place I feel like I can express myself. And I basically was like, the Pistons ain't been relevant since he was in middle school. In which I, the notorious one, basically, and I wish you could see this. I really wish. And I, did, I started counting it. And I thought it was like four. And it's not. It's literally days. People are still tweeting. And I want to say it's good, about 150. Which isn't that compared to most people. But the retweets and the hashtags, it's insane. And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's all across the board. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm crazy. One guy even had the nerve. Now, remember, I said the Pistons haven't been relevant since he was in middle school, which is around 2000. Because he, he left Texas in 2008. So, if we backtrack, he was a senior in 2007. Sophomore, uh, junior, two thousand and six, a sophomore, two thousand five, and a freshman about two thousand four. So I ain't that far off, you know. And the the point was, I was making, a, I was just talking up my head, like I was making a point. One guy was like, "They've been relevant. Uh, they went to the playoffs in two thousand eight, bruh. It's two thousand twenty two. 2018 was 10 years, and you just 2008. Like, stop. 
The other thing was I wrote, I wrote like, why is he so angry? Kevin Durant is angry. I don't know what he's angry about. I don't know who hurt him, but he is angry for no reason. And it was like, he's not angry. He loves the game. I don't get what you're, why you defending him. Kevin Durant don't care about any of you. Because if he did, he'd be so much happier. If he did, he'd have kept his butt in OKC. No, but he didn't. He chased the money. He chased the ring. And he's still not happy. I think he didn't like the fact that people said he was a good guy. He didn't like that. Remember when he came in the league, he wore a backpack and he loved his mama. He was endearing. People loved him. All of a sudden, he had to become edgy. I'm Kevin Durant. Like, he went emo. He went from being the nice, lovable kid in the neighborhood. Like, he metamorphosized in front of us. Went from the nice, lovable guy to... Um, you, like, hold on. If you're watching on Facebook, I got a hoodie. Like, let me get it. Hold on. Use your imagination if you listen on the radio. I'm putting on a hoodie. So if you, so I have the hoodie on somewhat. And, like, Kevin Durant just sits there with his hoodie on. <sighs> the world's a dark place. Hey, Kevin, you got a new sneaker deal. What is a sneaker deal? Shoes are prisons for our feet. I am a man forced to wear shoes on my mind. Uh, do, you, do you want the money from the deal? Yes, I do want the money from the deal. I'm not. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll take all that money. Oh, so are you still sad? I am truly disturbed and saddened. And, uh, Detroit is so great. Well. Detroit's got cat room, KD. Do you, do you want to go play in Detroit? No, no. God, no. God, no. No. No, no, no. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. I don't want to play in Detroit. No. Okay. Cool. Do you, do you want to play for, like, the Kings? <laughs> talking about your hat? What's wrong with you? Nah, I'm good where I'm at. Okay. Guys, we we need to stop. Like, we we need to bring our athletes back to earth because... Especially in the NBA, and I'm going to wrap this up because I only got like two minutes. The NBA players in particular have become scientists. They've become scholars. They've become, um, they've become uh, uh, um, <coughs> wise men. They become none of these things. Let me be clear. They are none of these things. Yes, a lot of them do a lot of good philanthropy work. Yes, a lot of them have good hearts. Yes, they do a lot of good stuff, but let's pump our brakes on the fact where they rank in the all where where the 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 measuring stick is between KD and Martin Luther King. <laughs> it's like I don't think it's as close as we tend to believe. You know, like stop it. All right, so God bless the man. Let's see what they do in the playoffs. Like he's heard Ben Simmons don't want to play, and that you know can't wrap up. Let me just finish here. The fact Ben Simmons got traded won't be playing. And then you throw in John Wall is somewhere out there living his best life. And uh, the Knicks said, Kemba Walker, just go home. Shows me how, um, how out of touch the players are to everything. Like... The, his, let me break this down for everybody. I say this is the, the, the ultimate sports show for the ultimate sports fan. Professional sports are played for fans. I, I hate to break this bubble 
where everybody thinks that we're we're intruding on what this human being is doing. But for every professional athlete out there, if you don't have fans, you have said no league. Let me say this one more time. No fans mean no league. If nobody's watching, guess what? You ain't getting paid. Because the guy who purchased whatever team you play for, just team A, nobody's spending billions of dollars for a team that has no profit. So if nobody's watching you, whether it's on TV or in person, you are an entertainer. You are performing. Yes, you are a basketball player first and foremost. But damn it, you ain't a school teacher, you ain't a cop, you ain't a doctor, you ain't trying to figure out the cure for the common cold. You are doing nothing to better society other than making us for two to three hours forget about what goes on. Outside of that, calm down, have fun, play the game, go home, and be rich, do all the crazy stuff you want to do. But stop with all this like you bigger than life and, you know, I got to do it for everybody and... You know, I had to take a stand, and I'm taking a stand because, um, you know, I, I, I chose not to go to work for five months. For the rest of us, if we don't go to work for five months, we will live in a street. You miss work and didn't miss a dollar. Like, it didn't make a dent. Like, calm down. Stop it. Get over yourselves. All right? Like, I'm not trying to throw shit. Like, I love sports, but the, the new basketball players... They're just annoying sometimes, man. You go back and listen to guys like KD and Shaq who had fun and, you know, before that, whatever. They talked about what happened on the court, what, you know, what broke down. Sometimes guys are like, yo, man, stop asking me the stupid question. But at the end of the day, they knew what was what it was. It was a give and take. I'm playing. The fans are paying. Like, the hell are we missing here? Sorry, KD. I will keep... Your name out of my mouth. <laughs> Alright, thank you. <clears throat> thank you all for listening. I'm losing the voice. This has been uh, Downright Sports. It's been fun. Alright. Um, <clears throat> we'll not see you next week. We'll not speak to you next week. We're going to take a week off. I need time. I need to relax. The March Madness killed me. I'm not going to lie. Alright, listen to the show. Um, every Brand new episodes every Wednesday on DJ Chase Radio. Our brand new episodes Thursday at uh, DynastyRadioNY.com at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, new episodes Saturday. Saturdays mean downright sports. You can listen starting at 8 a.m. on Fab 94.5 The Hits with a Z. And then go to Track Radar Radio at 3 p.m. at FleetRadioNetwork.com. Uh, follow, <clears throat> follow Downright Sports at Instagram, TikTok. Facebook, email the show at downraysports11 at gmail.com. Hit me up at Twitter, like the rest of the world did, at BrentReed18. Um, I can't think of nothing else. Shows on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all major platforms. <laughs> and um, Downray Sports is hitting the road. May 21st, doing the show on the road, Greensboro, uh, North Carolina. Uh, Hip Hop and Hoops, a summit. Um, everybody's getting together. I will be there. I am a. I have a station there. First time shows on the road that I just didn't pack up and do the show from a football baseball field. All right. So um, 
see you guys. Be safe, please. Uh, uh, pray for the Ukraine. Honestly, pray for everybody. You know, pray for Russian soldiers that may not want to be out there because they're being told. You know, let's just keep it 100. So, um, yeah, you guys be safe. Have fun as always. Deuces. Good one. Mitchell gets to Sanders. Sanders has got some room to operate. Barry Sanders inside the 10. Touchdown. Buddy, you're a boy. Make a big noise. Playing in the street. Gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face. You big disgrace. Kicking your can all over the place Singing We will, we will rock you
Thank you all But it's been no bed of roses 